Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, April 3rd, 2020 is the year. I am your host, Will Hunter. I am not joined by my co-host, Matt Sheehan, at the moment, but he will be with us here in a second. We've got a pre-recorded interview with Kenny Wilkes, former Michigan State uh, All-American, Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year, All-Big Ten Defensive End, school record holder for tackles for a loss, and, and one of the best uh, football players on the Mark D'Antonio era. Um, Kenny was kind enough to squeeze us in for about a half an hour uh, during his training for the uh, NFL Draft, which is in a few weeks here, actually three weeks from yesterday is the uh, first round. And Kenny made some time for us, and we asked him you know, a little bit about the draft prep process with things being a little strange right now. And then we shifted into the 2017 win over Michigan for the Michigan State Spartans, a, a big road win at the big house against a top 10 ranked Michigan team and just a really weird and memorable game for a lot of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, the weather. <laughs> it was a crazy rainstorm that game. So a uh, bunch of stuff to get to with Kenny. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Uh, our interview with Kenny Willekes. All right, we are super excited to be joined now by former Michigan State All-Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year, All-American, All-Everything, Kenny Willekes, who is kind enough to squeeze us in here in the middle of training for the NFL draft during these crazy times to uh, talk a little bit about that and the 2017 win over Michigan and an absolute monsoon. Kenny, how you doing? Thanks so much for making some time for us. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. I appreciate you for having me on. Absolutely. So we wanted to just um, real quick off the top here, what are you doing right now? Uh, like as the world is sort of slowing down, you are preparing for – uh, the NFL draft. These are huge weeks for you in your professional career. The draft is three weeks away. What has it been like for you with things like shutting down all over the place, but you got to really ramp things up now. What have you been doing the last few weeks? Yeah, it's definitely been a little bit crazy. Uh, I've been fortunate and blessed enough to, I've been training back home. I got an apartment. I'm living over here by myself and I'm training back home at a uh, power strength training systems, uh, a private gym. Uh, working with my mentor and trainer. So my day-to-day -day hasn't really changed that much. Uh, luckily for me, I've been able to continue on the same workout schedule. Um, you know, obviously, we would have liked a chance to go out that pro day and compete and have the opportunity to run. I would have liked to have the opportunity to run a little faster. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my day-to-day -day training schedule hasn't varied that much, uh, you know, which I'm grateful for. And, uh, you know, rather than looking on, uh, you know, saying, oh, yeah, this sucks, I'm looking at it as an opportunity to give me a little more time to, you know, get in the gym. Usually we'd be flying around, meeting with teams, uh, working yeah. out with teams. But instead I'm using this as an opportunity, you know, to continue to get stronger and faster and uh, get ready for the upcoming season. And hopefully we'll have one of those. And I'm sure you were prepared for this draft process too, but even in times like this, anything can be unpredictable. Uh, is there anything that comes as the biggest surprise to you during this whole draft process? Um. I don't. I wouldn't say a biggest surprise. Uh, I think I've been pretty well prepared. Uh, you know, I put the time in each and every day. Uh, you know, not only physically but mentally. You know, getting ready for all the interviews. Um, you know, I guess something that's kind of eye opening is you really see firsthand. You know, the amount of time and effort that uh, you know scouts and teams put into trying to figure out who the best player is. You know, for their team, their organization, and you really see. You know how big the process actually is. Uh, 
how many interviews you have, you know, how deep they look, the people that go talk to your people in your hometown, you know, just how big the process really is for them to try and find the right draft pick. One more draft-related thing here with Kenny before we move on to this Michigan-Michigan State game. Um, you posted a video it's, it's sort of in response to a general criticism. Kenny Willekes isn't athletic enough, doesn't have these physical traits of you doing uh, – backflips, standing backflips, um, back handsprings, running up the wall and doing like a ninja flip, kip ups. How long have you been able, like, how do you do that? Just take me through how the hell you at your size are able to do those crazy things and just where the inspiration came from. Like, I'm going to put together a little video right now. Yeah. Um, those type of things I've been doing my whole life. Honestly, uh, I have seven siblings and, uh, they're all very competitive. Uh, I have four sisters, three brothers, and, you know, we were gymnastics a little bit growing up. And then mm-hmm. uh, my older brother is actually a, a trampolinist. He, he still competes. Uh, you know, he's been training, trying to get in the Olympics. So um, pretty much all my brothers can do that. I was actually the last of us four boys that can do a standing backflip. So, you know, when they can all do stuff like that, I got to be able to push myself <laughs> to the limits. And I can't be the only one not to be able to do a backflip. So having them around me is kind of – been able to we've been kind of we kind of do stuff like that just growing up messing around i've been able to do stuff like that my whole life and um you know i wanted my pro day to have the opportunity to show uh you know a little more of my athleticism i felt i showed some of it at the combine but uh, i was still a question mark for some and i figured i may as well you know put a video together and uh you know show people what i actually am capable of because i feel like with uh, my mobility and uh some of those things people don't really know about for sure. And honestly, scouts, just let's flip on the tape, huh? Let's just look at some tape and, and not overthink this one. Um, all right, let's turn the page here. Let's talk about this game. 2017, your sophomore season, uh, the team is coming off a really tough stretch. Uh, three and nine in 2016. You start off 2017, three and one. You're in the starting lineup now. And, you know, this game, Michigan is undefeated, number seven in the country. You are going to the big house. Can you just sort of take me back to that time? What is that week like? What's the mindset like? What's going on with this team as you guys are really trying to make a statement like, hey, this isn't Michigan State now. Like, we're still here. We're still a a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, that was kind of the start of, our great defense we had over the next couple of years, you know, that was kind of a group of sophomores I played with for three years with Mike, Raekwon, you know, David Dowell, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Bocci, uh, you know, you have Andrew Dowell in there, Tyreek Thompson, Kari Willis, Justin Lane, just, just the whole group of guys that were kind of over there that was kind of the staple for the next few years. And, you know, I'd say that was kind of like our first big, our first statement win, uh, you know, so that we can play ball, we're ready to play. Uh, obviously the year before was a rocky year. And, you know, we had we had a chip on our shoulder and we had something to prove. And I felt like that was our kind of our coming out party that game. And a big storyline in this game, too, especially in the second half, was about 18 feet of water that swept through <laughs> Ann Arbor. When you guys are building up for that game and it seemed like the whole state knew that this forecast was coming, was the weather part of the game plan or was that talked about a lot before the game inside the locker room at all? Um, I don't think it was too much. Uh, gotcha. Obviously four games it's going to rain something you talk about like oh wow it's about to rain um but that's just the way we are rain cold uh you know it could be snow on the ground it could be a mud so we don't really care we're going to come out to play and uh play in any weather and you guys did yeah <laughs> yeah michigan state um you like your group the group before you guys like for a while just whatever the weather is it just seems to be like it'll rattle some teams but michigan state always has handled it 
uh, really well. Getting into the into the game, um, you know, it, it's a little bit of a back and forth affair. The weather is looming. It's like, all right, we got to get some points on the board. Um, but the defenses came out and were making statements early. What was it like for you guys, like getting in there finally? Like this was for you especially, like your first chance. Like I'm playing in a Michigan Michigan State game. I grew up in this state. I'm finally playing in this huge rivalry and I'm starting and I'm making a huge impact. What was that like for you? Just those first few series in the big house. Yeah, it was definitely surreal. Uh, you know, growing up, it's a, especially in the state of Michigan, it's a game you always dream of playing and, and, uh, you know, have the opportunity to come out there, uh, you know, obviously being a walk on and two years later from walking on here, I am starting in the big house. So, you know, that was a crazy experience for me. And then, you know, once you settle, once you get settled in, uh, that's probably honestly the first play is when it is. Once you get hit in the mouth, you know, this is a war, it's a bloodbath, you know, everything out the window, it's time to go to war. And to even scale the season back a little bit, to start the season, you had two tackles against Bowling Green, three against Western, 10 against Notre Dame, which was your season high that year, and then two against Iowa. But then Michigan rolls around. You have nine tackles, three of them for loss, two of them are for sacks. That's a monster, monster performance as a sophomore. The breakout. It was, absolutely. Was there something different going through you that game, or was that just a moment where you finally felt comfortable after four games under your belt heading into this one? Uh, yeah, I'd say it was a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I think I'm a gamer. Uh, I'm someone that steps up in, uh, you know, big games. I feel big moments, and, uh, you know, I knew that this was an important game. Um, I think we all did. Uh, we obviously stressed it. Coach D stresses it. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State's a rivalry, and uh, you, we knew we had to go in there and play our best ball against number seven, Michigan. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like coming out party. I think it was the kind of coming out party for a lot of us. Like I was saying, uh, you know, David Dowell had two interceptions. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Joe Bocci had an incredible game. I think 10 tackles, a sack, a pick, and a forced fumble. That's something light. Um, yeah. <laughs> light work. <laughs> and nothing, nothing major. Just, oh, it's casual. Just, just notch in every category. Um, I wanted to ask um, – when this the, the weather I, on rewatch and we'll talk about this, I, the weather held off longer than I thought it did. Um, but when it started, like it went from it felt like it went from hey, it's a windy day to like this is the craziest storm ever. What was it like on the field just waiting like the weather deteriorating? And then once it ultimately hits, like what is that like? Yeah, it was definitely crazy. Uh, I mean, it was pouring. I remember. I took my gloves off because I didn't have any grip because they were so wet. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, like, smashing my hand, and it swelled up, like, three or four inches, my hand. So I was just trying to wrap it up. It was bleeding. And I just remember, like, every single thing you touched was wet. There was, no, there was nothing dry, no dry towels. Just everything was soaking wet. <laughs> we were sliding around. And uh, I thought it was kind of fun. We, we, like I said, we enjoyed playing in that weather. I was going to say, you strike me as a guy that loves playing in harsh elements. Is that <laughs> the most fun environment weather-wise that you've ever played in, or is there another moment that sticks uh, sticks out? Uh, that's probably that's probably the most fun, the one that sticks out the most. Uh, I remember when I was younger growing up, I played in a crazy, muddy game. I remember that was a lot of fun, but you know, the most recent one would definitely be that one. For sure. I, I played in a high school game that was like 34 degrees in pouring rain. Not as fun as what it seemed like for you guys. At least that was like a late summer and you're like, it's still kind of warm out. Um, I got to ask, Kenny, there's this amazing GIF, video, clip, whatever of you shushing the crowd um, after, uh, I believe it was a sack, could have been a tackle for loss. I forget. Now it doesn't really matter, but 
what does it feel like to just stand up from a big play, look at the student section at the University of Michigan and and just tell them to be quiet? Like, what is that feeling like? That's got to be pretty sweet. Yeah, that was definitely uh, really cool. Um, I think they had, I don't know if they'd gone down and soared. They had captured momentum at some point in that game. That was the, and it was the third quarter. It was after my second sack of the game. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were all going crazy and, uh, you know, I finally got that sack and I just stood up and looked in the crowd and uh, gave them the, uh, you know, that was a pretty cool moment for me. Uh, that's something I always remember. I actually have that picture hanging up in my man cave downstairs. So thank you for that moment. That's a pretty uh, badass piece to have done there. Appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back with more from Kenny Willekes in just a minute. But first, a quick word from Echelon Fit. Guys, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in shape is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give you your money back. Join hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn more about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. We'll move into some categories here um, with Kenny. I want to start. We're going to just for uh, transparency for our listeners, we're going to trim it down just a little bit. We've cut a few categories out here because we don't want to keep Kenny too long. Uh, His time is much more valuable, like much better spent than talking with us. And he's being really nice to give us some time here. Um, So I want to start with best play. Uh, and or sequence I've got a couple that I think are really obvious and then some uh, other ones and we can see if there's other nominees uh, Brian's touchdown run uh, is absolutely incredible it's the one thing from that game I remember because Brian was a sophomore that year and, and had played very little as a freshman and you were like okay is this the guy when he ran that touchdown in I was like all right Got a quarterback here for a while. Um, it was just like, I don't know. It was a nice athletic play for sure, but like the moxie of it and just like him flying through the air to get to the end zone was great. The um, throwback screen touchdown was absolutely incredible. And, you know, that ended up being the the deciding score. And then uh, a little bit underrated one was one of Dowell's interceptions where it was deflected by Bocce. Uh, deflected by the receiver, and then Dowell stuck his arm down and, like, hit it, and the ball popped up. I don't even know how he did it, but he, like, tipped it up to himself. It was just an absolutely incredible um, and so those are my three nominees. Matt, what are your nominees? I have 17 nominees, and they're every <laughs> single time Michigan decided to pass the ball in the second half. That's uh, <laughs> my favorite plays. All 17 times, yes. airing it out in a complete monsoon. That is is a little bold um, and it Kenny, off. So yeah, Kenny, were you surprised? Cause I know watching at home, like they're keeping, they're just going to keep passing. Like it felt like nobody could even try to pass in that weather. 
surprised that they kept dropping back to pass despite it being such a close game? Um, I don't think they could really run the ball at all, so I think that's yeah. probably the best option. Yeah, true. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what are your plays that you remember from the game as being the best ones, Kenny? Um, one that uh, the one that always sticks out to me, uh, as I say, the game changing play, maybe one of the biggest plays of the game was they were driving at the end of the first half, and uh, Justin Lane poked the ball out on yeah. the long pass to the tight end. And I think that was a big momentum swinger swing because if they score right before going in the half, you know, could could look like a different game, could be a different game. But, you know, that was a huge play uh, personally for me when he knocked that ball out. Um, you touched on the Lewerke uh, run. Uh, you know, one thing I noticed watching – because I went back and watched the game and I knew we were going to break it down when I knew we were going to talk about it because I obviously know how we did on defense. I remember most games. and But, uh, you know, offense, I don't always remember what they did. So I went back and looked at it and, you know – the amount of hits that he really took that game, you know, yeah. uh, Brian really continued to keep running the ball and took punishing hits the whole game, kept putting his, his body on the line. And, you know, he continued to do that to try to get the win. And I think he had that, the run where he fumbled the ball, picked it up and then rolled over Brian to get the first down. At the yes. end of the game. So that was the play that always stick out to me as well. <laughs> that That's another one. I, I forgot to mention that in the, and I totally forgot um, that that happened. Yeah. It rolled over, um, uh, it was Brian Allen, right? I believe rolled over Allen yeah. and then rolled over a defender as well after fumbling in like when, when Chris Berman goes stumbling, bumbling, whatever, he's describing that Brian Lewerke play. Like he stumbled, he bumbled, he rolled over two people. And that was huge. Cause that was right at the end of the game, killed more time. Um, yeah. I think in a game like this with all these massive plays, we don't have to pick a specific winner. Like those, four or five that we laid out are all really good ones. And Matt, I appreciate you saying every time Michigan dropped back to pass in the second half. Um, I thought it was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it's turned out to be, let's move on to let's reminisce. Um, just things were like, Oh yeah, that happened. I totally forgot that the Justin lane um, where whoever it was, McDoom or someone from Michigan dropped a pass huge pass at the end of the game that that drive where they're trying to win it and in the background you see justin lane telling him he choked <laughs> that and that I became like McDoom. a yeah mcdoom and it became a really popular gif um which i think anytime i see it i laugh on the internet um totally forgot that that came from this game in that moment that is so funny to me and just how the camera captured it perfectly i was like oh yeah that was perfect um matt did you have any good nominees for like things that you forgot about and then realized when you were rewatching? yeah it was one of the plays kenny just brought up actually it was when lewerke rolled over brian allen i didn't forget that part the part i did forget is that snap was bobbled to start the play i totally mm-hmm. blocked it out of memory that was a very stressful second half for a lot of reasons <laughs> and uh the weather not cooperating was one and that led MSU to start their first seven drives with six three and outs and one four and out so that first down oh god send it was incredible <laughs> yeah you're looking for anything like please anything. <laughs> like oh that was that was incredible from him uh Kenny what about you you said you remember a lot with the defense but maybe some things on offense or was there anything that you picked up on what re-watching this that you had forgotten about uh, something I did notice when I was watching was uh, Gerald Owens' big stack. Uh, you know, yeah. Gerald Owens is a guy on the team. He's, uh, you know, he battled through a lot of injuries, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of a goofy guy, someone that, you know, always has us laughing. He's always saying some wild things. 
So, you know, to go back and see him get that big sack and get up and pound his chest, that definitely made me laugh. Uh, you know, that was a cool moment. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember that play. I was like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Like, I, uh, same thing, like, just with Gerald's story, like, man, I'm glad he got in a big play like that. Another thing, I, I forgot Chris Fry was on this team, um, and it was just really nice to watch him run around a football field and be a crazy person because that was always super enjoyable for me. Uh, Kenny, what was Chris like? What was it like being teammates with him? Because he seems like just the ultimate guy you want on your side. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a little crazy. You know, he's the guy that's going <laughs> to paint his face completely black yes. before game day. Uh, you know, he's always in there banging some music, screaming, getting ready to go. Uh, that's definitely someone you want on uh, your side of the field. Is there anyone on MSU's roster right now that could be a Chris Fry in waiting or a crazy guy on defense in, in waiting? Chase Klein. All right, love Chase it. Klein. <laughs> I love how quickly you answered no that. We don't even need a follow-up. Chase Klein. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right, Johnny Adams Award. Who is someone who did a lot with a little um, – I think there's two uh, – there's an easy answer and then there's a little bit sneakier answer. I think David Dowell's game, because just as a safety, you're not – you know, you're not the quarterback. You're not a receiver. You're not touching the ball a ton. But, like, every time there was something happening, David Dowell was everywhere uh, in that game. And then I need to just make sure Jake Hartbarger – and I forget who the long snapper was. Uh, maybe you can remember, Kenny. That combo for, like, a monsoon – deluge pouring rain huge spots and punting to get the punts off that they did as clean as they did like they did a great job and they need to be mentioned as having really good games considering their elements matt what did you have for uh, johnny adams award uh, other than david dell i had brian allen who stumbled and was on the ground <laughs> at the right place at the very right time yeah. so that's those, those are my two nominees <laughs> he had a nice uh block on that touchdown the the swing out pass he sure the screen pass he was oh, he was, was such a great play call. it yeah. was we're gonna talk about it kenny uh what about you who is someone who did a lot with a little bit of time uh in this game uh, i'd say madre uh, yeah I think he only had he had like 10 carries and ended up running for 60 yards um, he had that, obviously, that huge screen go-ahead touchdown. And then I remember he had another very long, uh, like, big run up the middle mm-hmm. uh, that, flipped, that flipped the field. And obviously mm-hmm. this was a, it was a game, a lot, not a lot of scoring, but, uh, you know, field position was very important. So, you know, he had a big run up the middle. And then, uh, you know, I don't think he got a lot of touches, but he did a lot with his touches. Yeah, for uh, 12 total touches, I got it right in front of me for uh, 78 yards. That's pretty efficient and a touchdown. Um, yeah, that's a good nominee there uh, for sure. Um, let's move to career peak. Um, I don't know if there's anyone in the game, you know, maybe Dowell just because the, the interception totals and the takeaway recovered a fumble. Um, yeah, seven total tackles, four solos. Like D- David had a great game there. Um, I want to nominate two things that are off the wall a little bit. So the fake dive, fake end around throwback screen that Madre scored on, that play call that's been, you know, Michigan State has run that a bunch. I'm not sure if it's ever been better executed in a bigger spot than that play. That might be like the prime example of that being like a perfect play call. Um, And then this might have been the very best game for Michigan fan excuses. Um, Kenny, I'm sure you kind of stay away from them. Like, 
Matt and I work in media and we're, we're subject to some of this stuff, but they were prime. They had never been better at stretching. Like, how can we make up an excuse about this? It was it was art to watch them come up with mental gymnastics. So those are my two nominees. Matt, what do you have? Uh, I mean, those, those are two strong ones. I, I, I can't top either of those. <laughs> so, so okay. is anything. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go with those two. Those are good ones. Uh, you, right you, on. you, you took it away there, Will. Nice job. <laughs> I was just sitting there, like thinking like, man, the, after that game, the rain and like everything, it was just so funny. Like guys, it, it, Michigan State won. Try again next year. All right, we'll be right back with our third and final segment with Kenny Wilkes in just a minute. All right, next category is change corner. Um, The only thing, like, okay, the rain in retrospect, like, it was fun and really cool, like, being in that kind of game. Like, I love random one-off games where the elements are really at play. Um, But I would have, like, Michigan State was playing so well, like, and on offense they were really starting to click before the rain, and it totally changed everything in the second half. Like, I think... Had the rain not come, it could have been even better in Michigan State's favor. So, like, yeah, maybe, like, if the rain could have been a little bit less. Um, that was the only major thing I had. Matt, you had a couple, though. Yeah, I, I had one that I really wanted to point out. I was at my wife's work party at a place in Detroit, and right when Michigan breaks out of the huddle for their last-ditch Hail Mary effort, what happens? The storm knocks every TV out in the place. <laughs> So I have to freak out. I'm scrambling. Who on earth is not in Michigan right now? My parents were in <laughs> Vegas. I called my dad. He gave me a play-by-play and the pause between, all right, the ball's in the air to, all right, it's incomplete. Felt like 15 minutes long. <laughs> Kenny, how long did that ball hang in the air from your point of view? Six years. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I don't – I'm trying to remember. I know I was standing on the bench, and I know I originally had my eyes closed, but I think I was peeking anyway. <laughs> But it was definitely up there for a while. I think Joe was the one that actually knocked it down, and then all hell broke loose. We all just stormed the field. Yeah, yeah. If 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 as if Joe wasn't enough doing enough like everywhere all game. Like of course right. he's standing in the freaking end zone at the end of the game, knocking down the hail mary. <laughs> oh man, what is like you talked about a little bit like covering your eyes. What does that feel like? Just like all right. One final play for it all. We're on defense. They're on offense. We know it's going to be a Hail Mary. What is that like? Is it nerves, tension, anxiety, excitement? What is what is going on there? Uh, I'd say it's, it's just, I don't know, it's a lot of emotion because it's hard being a defensive player and I'm on the sideline. Like, I, I want to be out there and have an impact on the play, but you're on the sideline. You can't even impact the play. And yeah. you know that it's a Hail Mary, so they have a low percent chance of completing it. So you know we're probably going to win, but you're just hoping and just praying, just please let it be incomplete. <laughs> yes. Let this, yes, let this not be one of the times that it freaking comes through. Um, man, I couldn't even imagine um, being there watching that as a member of the team. Like, it's hard enough being a fan. Um, all right. Did you have anything that you noticed in that game, Kenny, that you were like, man, I wish that would have happened differently or, or something along those lines? No, not really. I mean, there's so much that goes on in a football game, uh, you know, good and bad. Uh, even if you win, even if you blow a team out, there's always going to be good and bad. Uh, you know, I, I, we would like to blow them out by more. That would have been cool. Sure. But, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, take the win. we'll take the win in the big house. Yes. Yeah. 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 You got you got Chris Fry running off the field like a crazy person with the Paul Bunyan trophy draped around his shoulders. Like that's all you need coming out of there. Um 
One thing I actually I forgot to ask about. I, I noticed this in the post game interview. Maria Taylor's talking to Coach Antonio. She asked him, you know, whatever, and and he got really excited, saying something like, "You're never gonna have a better bus ride than this one," like something along those lines. What was the bus ride home like? That had to be an all timer. Yeah, that bus that bus was definitely very loud and wild. <laughs> How many buses do you guys take? Were you guys split up in a, a few buses? Was it like a defense bus, offense bus, or what was the the arrangements like on the way back home? Yeah, there's like three or four, but uh, offense and defense is split up, so defense is bus two. So I was I was on bus two. Bus two had been popping. <laughs> bus, two. Yeah, bus two was definitely crazy. <laughs> bus two, the place to be after that one. Uh, all right, I'm going to Matt. Unless you had anything quick or Kenny for Tide Turner, like what changed the tide of the game? Like, let's do that one really quickly, and then we'll do MVP and get Kenny out of here because we're running up against the time limit. So, Matt, did you have anything for Tide Turner? Yeah, the only thing I had was about the third second half interception is when I started to think. <laughs> Maybe this can happen. Like, I don't know. Like, Kenny, was was there a moment for you? It probably happened earlier, honestly, where you realized that, hey, we can keep this team away from their side of the field here and that a win could be possible? Uh, I'd say two. Uh, Justin Lane, one that I talked about, that was a big one but right mm-hmm. before the half. And, uh, you know, Lewerke's first touchdown when he dove in the end zone, you know, I, that definitely got us going. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you could tell too, like the team, it was just, I don't know, that, that road warrior mentality and, and all that, like yeah, that's people, it's just, you could tell. Um, also all whites, such a great look for Michigan state. We don't talk about it enough. Like you guys look like the stormtrooper. All whites. That is, is, is that your favorite of the uniform combos? Uh, definitely up there. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, I like the all whites when they have the green, the green stripe down the side of the pants. Mm. I like those. I do like those a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a clean look for sure. All right, MVP game. Um, I want to just give it to the entire defense. You could, you could pick five, six guys, and really, once you get to that point, you can pick everyone. Um, but the Michigan State defense forcing five turnovers, like Kenny said, um, sort of a breakout game for all these sophomores. Bocce was incredible. Kenny had a couple sacks. Dowell with the picks. Josiah Scott, who locked up Donovan Peoples-Jones, and we know that's a talent, and he was just incredible all game. Andrew Dowell was great. Like, it's just a complete team effort. Panashuk was a monster like he is. Uh, so I'm just going to give it to the entire defense as my MVP. Matt, what about you? That's fair. Yeah, I have David Dowell, Kenny, and Joe all written down, and also Dave Warner for that play call in the Madre London. Yes, um, yes. There. I mean, that, so that, that's my quartet of MVPs, if you will. <laughs> That was the, like Dave Warner's best play call of his career. I'm going to say, I, without even looking up anything else, I'm saying it's that one because they set it up with two Daryl Stewart ends or end arounds before that. It was perfect. It was beautiful. Kenny, what about you? Who's your MVP of the game or MVPs? Uh, I'd have to say Joe. Uh, you know, we were just talking about how he stuffed the stat sheet, uh, interception, forced fumble. I think he – did he recover that fumble? Or did, he might have recovered that fumble that he forced. Uh, he might have <laughs> a sack, ten tackles, and then bad the ball down at the end of the game. So, you know, I think there was definitely a lot of people that could deserve it. But when you stuff the stat sheet like that, I think it's got to go to Joe. Yeah, and that was that was another game. Like we were realizing, like, all right, Joe can play, Kenny can play, Dowell can play, Lord, like all the that group of you guys were like, all right, these guys can play because coming off a three and nine season, there was a lot of uncertainty, and we we're like, all right. It's going to be okay. This team can win some games, and you guys ended up 
win in 10 games that season, which was outstanding. He's Kenny Willekes, former all-everything Michigan State defensive end, preparing for the NFL draft, kind enough to uh, take some time out of his day to talk to us. Thanks so much, Kenny. Um, we really appreciate the time. Best of luck to you, uh, the rest of the, the process. We hope the draft goes great for you and you get picked uh, really high and do a great job like we know you will. Thanks so much for making some time for us and uh, best of luck the rest of the way with the with the prep. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks again to Kenny for squeezing us in there. Uh, super busy time for him. So we really appreciate him making some time for us. And thanks to you for continuing to listen to the show despite you know a lot of you not having commutes anymore and your, your podcast listening time is being dwindled as you've got more things to do at home, taking care of kids, whatever it is. We really appreciate everyone who has stuck with the show through these uh, strange times. So thanks so much for listening to us. We'll be back next week with more Locked On Spartans. Of course, we're sticking to five days a week as long as we can continue to uh, come up with good ideas and interesting shows and, and get some more guests for you guys. We're going to keep plugging away here. So a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. And Matt's not here to take us home, so I will. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Wash those hands, social distance, all that good stuff. And we'll see you back here Monday morning.